Good evening and hope you had an awesome day. So seeing how yesterday we spoke about some of the inherent psychological depth that we find in Torah, I thought that tonight we could bring out another such awesome insight. See, think about the following scene for a second. You're the ruler of the most powerful empire in the world and you yourself actually seen as a god. For decades, you've been enslaving this nation of Israelites, and all of a sudden, on behalf of their God, they start to demand their freedom. Now, of course, you ignore their request, and not only that, you increase the brutality of their enslavement. However, their God seems to want to play hardball, and with one hit after another, this God starts to show that he might, in fact, be a being that truly has control over the situation. And over the course of an entire year, as a result of these plagues, your entire empire starts crumbling. The economy gets decimated with samakos that strike all of your livestock and others that destroy your crops. Your food supply experiences tremendous shortages, and the overall physical health and psychological morale of your entire nation rapidly deteriorates as you continue to refuse to just free this slave nation. Finally, to end it off, the firstborns, the future leaders of your entire nation, are killed in a single night. And as you finally not only send, but chase the nation out of your midst, they also happen to take most of your financial assets with them as payment for their slavery. And you look at what you have left and realize that you have clearly been overpowered. Now, after an experience like this that was clearly aimed at you in order to free this nation, one thing at least you know for sure. Don't mess with these guys. However, what is crazy is that just a few days after the Jews walk right out of Egypt, it comes to Pyro's attention that they seem to be a little lost on their journey and are about to come up to a large sea. And so he decides to rally whatever chariots and soldiers he still has left and chase after them. Now, if you're reading this story for the first time, you have to be asking yourself, what is this guy nuts? I mean, he was just in the ring with these people and their God for 10 rounds and got knocked out every single time. Everything has evaporated in front of him. And yet he thinks, well, maybe I can get them this time. I mean, he's crazy. It's a good question, right? Shouldn't he just let this one go if he knows what's good for him? But in truth, once again, the Torah is not just telling us Bible stories, but teaching us about human nature. See, in psychology, there's a term that we think was first coined by Barry Staw in 1976 called escalation of commitment. The basic premise is that a human behavior, there is a pattern in which a person facing increasingly negative outcomes from a decision nevertheless continues the behavior that is not in their own best interest, as opposed to being honest about the reality that they've been making bad decisions and as a result, change their course of action. In essence, they continue to make these irrational decisions, which they know will only reinforce negative results. In business, it's often referred to as throwing good money after bad. And this is exactly what Paro could have been diagnosed with. Each time he would refuse to let the Jewish people go, he would get zetzed with a plague over and over again until the complete collapse of everything he had. And yet once he's finally smart enough to let them go, less than a week goes by and he feels the urge to not let them go. And sure enough, he chases after them one more time. And this time, it is the nail in the coffin for the Egyptian dynasty. Now, you would think that if you find yourself in a hole, you would simply stop digging. But no, that is exactly what escalation of commitment is all about. Now, remember, as we've said many times before, this whole Egypt thing is not only a historical account of our people, but it also serves as an analogy to our own personal journey from enslavement to freedom. See, in life, many of us make decisions that are actually self-destructive. 
They're harmful to our families, to our priorities, and to our identity. But because we are often held hostage to our own vices, our devices, and desires, we end up doing the wrong thing. This happens even with our Jewish values and commitment. I've met many people who have said that they've made mistakes in the past, and what can they do? And I keep thinking to myself, okay, listen, we all make mistakes. But why fall victim to the escalation of commitment? And even if at 30, 40, 60, or 80 years old or more, we find that we've made some bad choices, it is never the wrong time to make the right decisions now, which is exactly what I often tell them. Just because we've made poor choices in the past doesn't mean we should throw the rest of our good years after some bad choices. That, I believe, is one of the real underlying stories of the Exodus. It's amazing. Shaw coined the term escalation of commitment 45 years ago, and yet the Jews learned it over 3,000 years ago from our Torah. So think about it. Are there areas in life where you, you might fall victim to this syndrome? And more importantly, what can you do about it? And what's holding you back? Because it's never too late to break free. And on that note, wishing you an awesome night, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.